So good morning and welcome to this edition of Sit Up Straight. This is episode four and we are joined once again by Stuart Lawrence and the Pupil Leadership Team at Wyvern Academy. Elliot, I'm going to start with you. If you could just introduce yourself so we know who you are and we'll just work our way around the room. Hi, I'm Claude. Uh, hi, I'm Ron. Hi, I'm Alyssa. Hi, I'm Amy. Hi, I'm Akash. And once again, as I said, we are joined by Stuart. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Stuart Lawrence, um, the younger brother of Stephen Lawrence. Um, <clears throat> I, I sort of like do education consultancy work now, and I've also just finished writing my book, which I hope we can have a little chat about as well. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've basically, after my brother passed away, I've just tried to use my personal life experiences to help others to have a better understanding of how we all should be living and how small actions that you do or say can have sometimes have a big massive effect on other people's lives. Absolutely and and all, and all the pupils there are, are eager to discuss some of their personal views and their reasonings as to why they want to sort of continue this fight and you know we, last time we spoke to you we said there that we're it's a strange situation that we're still continuing to fight and it's still something we have to speak about and you know the fight's not going away and unfortunately you know the continued efforts that we have to put in to something that should be perfectly organic that shouldn't be an issue at all um but elliot if i start with you what what is your reasoning for sort of joining us today what do you want to get out, out of the session um, and what do you want to sort of advocate for uh, I thought it was necessary to move on because as somebody who's never received any like racial discrimination or hatred towards myself, I feel like it's my duty to kind of offer my support to try and build a wider support base for this issue. Absolutely, yeah, and you, you've hit the nail on the head there of um, sort of that privilege of, of, of people who are white who we've never had to sort of succumb to any form of oppression um, and it, it's really good that you know, you are sort of fighting that fight as well. Um, Connie? Yeah, like Elliot said, I just want to raise awareness of the racial <laughs> abuse that um, other people face, because as white people, as this generation, we don't face anything like that. And I want you to get your experiences, Stuart, of racism, to raise awareness of this, and to show our other parts of our generation, and possibly the older generation, that racism is an ongoing thing to make sure that we keep the conversation going. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Can I just interject there, just, just yeah. for a second? Because what I think racism is really born out, born out of is fear. And that fear comes from somewhere. And, and for me, I really want to try and unpack that today with you guys, because you're right, it's... it's all I'm asking for you is to listen to someone else's experiences and try to, as much as possible, put yourself in their, in their shoes to see how they would feel. And then with that experience, then explain to others. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Rowan? Uh, I really want to bring attention to a black trans woman called Martha P. Johnson, who was a big individual in the Stonewall riots in the 60s. She helped fight for LGBTQ rights and without her there could be a setback. And I want to educate my generation, the younger generation, on how without her we might not get them and realise that without her we could be setback. Yeah, and I think that's really important there because, you know, not only is she fighting the LGBTQ fight, um, but she's also fighting 
um, sort of racial oppression, but she's also then fighting being transgender. So <clears throat> she had so many fights going on there. And like you say, because of her, so many people then feel like they can step out, they can sort of stand up for um, their rights and sort of their individual, um, you know, their, their equality and that they are just as good as everybody else, that they're, they're not different because they're black or because they're trans or because they're part of the LGBT, that we're all human and that we all bleed the same color, regardless of whether we're white, black or, or whatever. Um, Alyssa? Uh, I wanna spread more awareness in schools about black history and want to bring in a more inclusive education system because we don't really have much like, understanding on how it feels either. So I want to make sure everyone knows how it feels to be in that position and how we can help. Yeah, and, and you know, we were, we were having this discussion before you arrived, Stuart, that, you know, is it, we, last time we spoke, we said, you know, about the black curriculum and it's not enough just to tick that box to say, yes, we've done have mice and men because that's got a black character and that we look at racism in that book. You know, you have to be purposeful, it has to be insightful that we are doing it for a reason, not because we're just ticking a box to say, yes, we've taught something that's black history, you know. Yeah. Um, Evie? Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it's looking at sort of that just equal treatment for all that, you know, one size should fit all, regardless of who you are or, or what you are. Um, and then finally, it's I can't. And, and, and that's, I think, that's the one bit that we keep getting confused on. That is the one area where one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Everything else should be bespoke to the person. Absolutely. But how you treat someone and how you want to be treated should be that that one thing, definitely. Absolutely. And then finally, Akash. The battle in the 21st century now, and the thing that has protests to get the basic human rights is appalling to that. So yeah, so, so basic, basic human rights that you know we're still in the, we're in the 21st century. Um, and yet, like we said last time, Stuart, we are still talking about this issue. And unfortunately, it's an issue that is not going away. Um, and, you know, we were having a discussion before you arrived again, Stuart, that, you know, we were saying that, again, sort of the Black Lives Matter movement has lost its speed. It has lost its um, sort of momentum. And we were saying, again, unfortunately, it will take somebody to die for us to then start talking about it again, or it will take somebody to say, this person's made a racist comment and then it takes an event or an action for us then to have a reaction. Um, and it's, it, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, what, since we last spoke to you, what have you been working on? Uh, so, but we, we mentioned that, Joe, do you remember in our podcast, we, we talked about how we're going to keep up that momentum. And I said to you, it isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah, We've been trying to do things around race and equality for years, my dad was 18 when he first came to this country. And, you know, I, I wear this, this hoodie because, you know, it says more blacks, more dogs, more Irish. When he first came here, he was faced with signs that said the opposite. No blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Now, for someone that was told or asked, could you come to this country and help us out? Because we're lacking in this skills and this area of work. We need people to come and work. And he came for five years. He then went back for, for, for two or three years and then came back again. And that's the bit that I just, 
always questioning him about it. And he said, well, Stuart, I want you to give you guys a better life. Mm-hmm. I could see opportunity here. I could see how you could grow and be whoever you wanted to be and do whatever you wanted to do. And I wanted that for you. Like, I have my own son now, and that's what I want for him. Like, I'm, I'm hopeful when, when you get to some sort of age and you can experience, or even with just other family members, seeing a younger family member grow into something is an amazing thing to witness. It really is. Absolutely. So for me, like I said, I've just been trying to keep the momentum going in my own self because, like I said to your teacher, uh, Mr. Pence, the other day, like, it, for me, I know what I want to achieve. My mum has taught me loads of things in life, but one of the things she really did teach me was that it's, it's strong and steady on one thing. And my one thing is, can I change hearts and minds of young people to understand that, yes, I'm a black person. Yes, my hair's a bit different from yours. But if you get to speak to me, if you get to know me, I'm just like anyone else you'd like to know. I'm sure you am. Absolutely. I mean, you've got the grey beard. I've got the sort of grey specs in my beard. You know, we're all, we're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> a bit more age this you time. Know, well, you know, but you, you, you make a valid point there. and It's that opportunity to change. And if we start by changing just one person and one view, and then that sort of manifests to then you know, changes five views, that changes 20 views. And, you know, it, like you say, it's that, it's that marathon. It's, we can't fix it today. You know, we can't fix it tomorrow, but we can fix it in a year. We can fix it in a 10 years, you know. And like you say, when we spoke last time, it's, it's everybody's fight. It's not just people who are black. It's not people who have been oppressed. It's not people who have just suffered at the hands of racial slurs or sort of, um, sort of attacks. It's everybody's fight, you know, as, as a couple of you mentioned there, it's, we said last time, as, as someone who is white, as somebody who is male, as somebody who is straight, I've never had to fight for my rights. I've never had to defend who I am. I've never had to explain who or what I am. It's just a given that that's, you know, I am Mr. Henson and that is who I am. And that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. But if I was Mr. Henson, who was black, I would then have to defend or sort of protect my freedom and rights there and fight for the, the opportunities that I've, I've potentially had because of the color of my skin. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of really proud sort of, sort of the people leadership team that they got, they got in touch with me because they want to, you know, even though we are perfectly diverse in school and we have a lot of religions, we have a lot of races, you know, we have no issues at this at all, but we want to make sure that if there ever was an issue, if there was a comment made that we are sort of advocating these rights that we are, um, we are telling people that just because it doesn't exist now doesn't mean to say it can't exist tomorrow. Um, and and, and that, that's really the big message that I know the guys want to speak to you about, about how we change and how we start to make this progress. And like you say, there is unfortunately not at this moment a one size fits all, but hopefully in years to come, there is just a sort of a generic, this is just how we do things here. Um, yeah, definitely. I think there's a couple of things there, and I'd love to hear the, the young people's thoughts on this. So, you know, for me recently, the idea, and this is where, you know, there's little things that change the games. And for me, like we said, so, yeah, it's changing one person. That person can start with yourself because, you know, we are all affected by influences outside our own ring. Now, adults, things we see on TV, things we read, et cetera, et cetera. So what you'll find is your viewpoints may change in times of this, but it's a challenge to someone. If someone says something verbally in public, as far as I'm concerned, that you're giving me the right to challenge what you said. We all have our own personal thoughts. 
no one can infiltrate your mind and think what you're thinking. They may be able to guess or work things out, but no one can actually get into your brain and know exactly what you're thinking at that thought process. So as soon as you say something aloud, you will then say to everyone else, challenge me on this. This is what I think, this is what I believe in, this is what I, I want to say. You now have the right to say to me, why did you say that? And if, if anything I could leave you guys with, it's the power of five whys. You know, when someone does say something or does something that you think, why would you, why would you do that? Or why, ask the question, why? And, and try to get the person to really think about what they've said and why they've said it. And once that answer comes out of their mouth, explain and talk about that but then ask the question again why by the time you get to three or four whys and you really unpack and it's a bit like an onion when you get into that center part of the onion you are truly getting to the essence of why that person said did or behaves in a certain way absolutely i mean i so, in, in in teaching i use a very very similar method i, I, I play so what you've heard yeah, of yeah. <laughs> so, so what and if you can't have then that sort of comeback yeah. You've got no substance. But if you can continue to say, well, because of this and because of this, and be fine, you can justify your opinion there. So it's that Definitely. it's that challenge, isn't it? And Connie, I know you were saying there about sort of changing sort of the older generation. Yeah, I was thinking, um, because most of like braces come from the older generation and we learn stuff from our parents and from our grandparents and everything like that. And I think as we get older. We can teach ourselves to change. We can't explain on nurture. We have to teach ourselves to change. And by doing this, I think we can teach other people to change and stop that. So when we have kids and we bring in a new generation, they're not racist, or at least we can try and make them not to be because it's all something that we learn. Sorry, just one, one little point. Let me just cover that. So that is called tradition. The reason why we do things. Let's say, you know, uh, just a couple of months ago, in December, we have a tradition, don't we? Yeah. We all do it, correct? Yeah. Why? You know, when you start to unpack and realise that that came from Charles Dickens, a book that he wrote, you know, where he was trying to encourage the, the nation to feel proud and happy about something because of the cold, dreary night. When you start to unpack those things, you know, why do we have Christmas trees? Oh, because, you know, Queen um, Prince Philip who's a German, realised that he, you know, he missed his tradition from Germany, which was to have a tree that was decorated around the December time. So it's, it's as I said, when we start to unpack these things, and you're right, we can change it. That's what, that's what is so powerful. You yeah. can change those traditions. You can make new traditions. You can make new trends. You can start doing something new. We all have that power. So we do not always need to do what has done, been done before just because they did it. That, that's what it is, I think. So that's really good. So that's a really good point. Absolutely. And then, Alyssa, you were talking about sort of change in, in sort of curriculum. Now, you do history, don't you? Alyssa? You, do you study history at the moment? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so what, off the top of your head, how many people that are black have you sort of came across in the last sort of two years in your syllabus? Oh, you've got a collective there. You've got a few people around there that have got history. How many, how many characters stand out to you? How many people stand out to you who are black? Yeah. Yeah. 
So Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, right. So are we then assuming that there are only two black people in history that have done something that's worth noting or been important? And I think, you know, that, that, I think that's your point, Lisa, that we've got to make the, the curriculum as inclusive as we can, because there are people, you know, black authors that have wrote probably better books than Charles Dickens have wrote. But, you know, we study Charles Dickens, you know, and it's, it's, it's you know, we, we follow a set prescription and, you know, we don't want to be political about it, but, you know, it, it's about sort of advocating that change and saying, you know, we, we need to be brave. And as you said, standing up and asking, well, why do we do that text? Why do we study that module? Why do we study Elizabethan England? Why, why do we not study sort of African history or, or whatever? Yeah. I'm of the opinion that why can't we teach the kids the skills they need to do something and then allow them to use that and go and find something they want to learn about. So, for instance, the skills in history is to be able to research, to find arguments for and against, and to write a conclusion and evaluate it, correct? Yeah. So that can be adapted to any any culture, any anything. You could go and find out, you know, I'm sitting here in my son's room, you know, about Lego pieces if you wanted to. I can't see it because of my background. But, yeah, about anything, you could do that. And the history of Lego, where did it come from? Who started it? Was it a good thing? But it, who was its competitors? You know, you could do all that and find out the history of Lego. So that's where I think it's gone wrong. And again, that's the conversations I'm trying to have with, you know, the DFE and, and, and exam boards. That, that, they're the sort of things that I'm, I'm thinking about because I know... I've been in that system. You know, there's other systems I don't know as much about, but I know the school system and I know that it is a great place to foster new thinking, new ways of doing things, new types of learning. It is, but we can't keep teaching the same old stuff that we taught in, you know, how, when's the last time? So, yeah, and I mean, I mean a real big change of the syllabus. So it'd probably be sort of post-industrial revolution sort of time where I think that's when it, because, like, you know, um, God bless his soul, who's gone through us, Mr. Ken Robinson, who he did one of the first TED Talks about creativity and imagination. You know, for me, he changed my life. He changed my life, he did, because I realised that it, it was, we were doing the little things, the things that we can do better, because we have better thinking, a better understanding of things, a better understanding of the world. So, yeah, we can make change. But again, it starts with the young people, that just that, because you're, you're consumers of it. Yeah. So if you if you don't if you think oh do you know what there's student bodies now that have a have a real loud voice. Yeah. I I'm not gone. Is um like experiences because we all talk about it but we have no experience. So do you have any experiences that you want to share with us? Regarding. Um, like regarding parental abuse to you yourself. Yeah, so I, you know, it was up to last night. So I can tell you about last night. So I, I'm, Mr. H will tell you I'm a quite a good Twitter fire guy. You know, that, that's my main domain for social media. So if you want to want to find out what I'm doing and follow me, guys, that would be appreciated. I am on doing Instagram and the rest of them, but I, I just find Twitter a lot easier, a place to, you know, communicate my frustrations at times. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, uh, you know, one of the things you can set alerts on Twitter, so when, when keywords come up. So my keywords are Steve Lawrence. So uh, yesterday was quite a good day for, for, for that. ITV are going to do a new show uh, about the case highlighting Clive Driscoll. And I'll, I'll circle back to Clive in a moment because he's a key person that we need to talk about, you know, change and making difference and being that one person. 
Um, so as I said, I was, I was liking some tweets about that. And then I saw another tweet that said, Doreen has made millions out of Stephen's death. And she's got into the peerhood. And she's got all this out of it. She's making all such a fun out of her son's death. Now, for me, you know, I, I know for a fact all of you would understand the fact that having someone that you dearly love not there anymore, if you had to put a figure on it, like a pound note, how much money in the world would that take? Yeah, it, 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 it's something you can't put a value on, is it? Right. So, so for me, to, to hear people's... My mum's made no money. She, she doesn't... She, she works at the House of Lords. If she doesn't go to the House of Lords, she doesn't get paid. My mum only goes you know, three times a week because she has to pay for those of it. But, but that's all my mum does. If she does any interviews, if she does any... It isn't for money. She does it because she wanted people to know what happened to her son and how the police and the government and the institutions, just because he was black, because on the night that it happened, Stephen was with a guy called Dwayne. When the first two police officers turned up, the first questions out of their mouth was, so what are you two boys going up to? Is this drug related? Uh, what gang are you part of? Now, you can imagine if you could see your best friend bleeding heavily, that you might be quite hysterical. And all you would be saying is, please help my friend. Yeah. They had a first aid kit in the bag, the back of the car. They chose not to use it. So for me, there's those little things from 1993 that I now know for a fact are changed. You know, if any police officer turns up at a scene and someone's injured and he can admit his first aid, he will start to admit his first aid until the ambulance turns up. I know that for a fact. So for me, there's little things. I think it's just shocking how if something like that happened to one of us, a, a white person, we wouldn't get asked any questions, we wouldn't get asked if we were part of the gang or if we were enforced or anything. It's just something that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people would still get questioned that if you were black today, not just after this has happened, and after you and your family have tried to get this, how that still would happen, that just shows how we really need to make a difference. Yeah. But and that's what I'm saying, but that was 1993 and that was like so that's 30 years ago and I, I do believe now it would be a little bit different the, the game has changed slightly and that there's different new problems that have arose definitely um but i'd hope that if if someone was crucially hurt and the police turned up you know that they would then start to do the things that they've now been told instructed and told from the very get-go that they should do which is protect and uh, protect and save life that's your first port of call yeah yeah i mean you, you see it on on shows like even like police interceptors where even sort of alleged criminals if they've been involved in a car accident or whatever they will still treat them before they arrest them that they the first and foremost priority is to treat whoever's in front of you whether they are a victim whether they are a criminal um so yeah at least that's gone now i mean we we touched upon before you came on Stuart, i showed them a clip of the mcpherson report Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we looked at that changes haven't been cemented. They might have been touched upon. They might have been issued once or twice, but not consistently and certainly not something that we can rely upon having that sort of um, consistent approach on. Um, so w- have you done anything in relation to that since we last spoke? Is there any sort of developments on, on that? Yeah. 
So at the moment, I've, I've done, we're, we're trying to work with the Met Police at the moment and come up with something called a toolkit, which you, you have to understand. And again, it's these little things are detailed that you don't sort of get to understand or know, which is your police officer that polices your local area isn't from that area. You know, there was a, a couple of laws passed that they thought that it encouraged um, criminal gangs to infiltrate police and then put pressure on them if they lived in a local area to be part of, you know, any underdoing. So they, they've changed the rules. So people come into areas to police. Now, I know someone that lives in Northampton and comes into London to police. Now, Northampton, which is a place where, you know, I studied for there for four years and I know Northampton well, isn't London. Like, it isn't, like, it's chalk and cheese. So for him to come in, there's different nuances and experiences and characteristic traits that you would need to know about to be able to best serve that area. So, for instance, if you see a group of black boys all wearing hoodies and, and, and hanging around together, no, they're not all known criminals. They're not part of a gang. They're probably just cold and trying to get from A to B like, and just do what most young people do, which is you know, when you see your mates, you get together, you're, you're loud, you know, you're messing around because there's other environments where you can't be like that. So... Yeah when you can be by yourself and you can be juvenile, that's what happens. Even as an adult, you know, when I get to give my mates, the octaves turn up, you know, we get a bit more boisterous. It's just natural. So when you start to know and unpack these characteristics of different areas, of different cultures, Nigerian people, for instance, they speak very loudly. That isn't something them being overly aggressive. That's just part of their culture. Mm-hmm. For instance, in Ghana, if you offer someone your left hand in Ghana, they see it as a massive disrespect. Who knew? All the left-handed people out there are absolutely messed up because whenever you do things, you go with your strong hand, which is automatically the hand you do most things with. But if you know those little things, then surely that equips you to deal with different situations the best way possible. So that's what we've been trying to do. So like a, a system where you can read up about different cultures and different religions and the little nuances, because it's all about the word of respect. When someone feels that you are stepping on their toes, being disrespectful, then that's when someone pierces a person's back gets up and they start acting and behaving in a way that they wouldn't usually behave. But if you can be respectful for someone else's religion or someone else's culture, and you do know, and so if you are left-handed and you go into the Ghanaian community and you say, look, I'm really sorry, if I use my left hand, I'm not being rude. That's just who I'm left-handed. Then someone can go, wow, like you took the time to understand about my culture and of course if I see you do something on left hand I'm not going to it's those little things that we need to do yeah, that make it. a massive difference I mean you say we, we we will often make mistakes in life and you know we'll, we'll say words that would offend somebody we'll do actions that could potentially offend a group or a, or a culture but it's about having that sort of forefront of saying oh well I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't intentionally mean you know I've gone you know there we go I haven't meant to and it's it's that simple word of just, I'm sorry, isn't it? I didn't mean to cause offence. I haven't done it disrespectfully. Yeah, but the police are not allowed to say sorry. In the line of duty, when they have their uniform on, even if that happened, they're not allowed to say the word sorry. Which in my mind, again, I'm just like, you know what? They are just some, they still call each other mom and sir during the ranking system as well. And there's just some little things you just think to yourself, well, surely we've moved on from that now. Everyone's just people. Like, cool, you're in a higher position, and I respect that you're in a higher position. 
but I have to call you mom if you're a lady and sir if you're like come on now yeah come I mean, on it, now. It's, 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 for me as I said it's if we had a sort of a change in the teaching system, you know, as if you work your way up to the leadership team, then you're head teacher, then you're the sort of trust, like we, we, you are just Mr. Whoever, you're Sir, you're Miss, you're, you know, it's not, you're, oh, your highness, it, you know. It's, yes, no, definitely not. You know, definitely not. And that's what I say to people even about myself, you know, I, I'm any more special than anyone else. And I don't have any grandeur about myself than anyone else because it, it's, it's when you start to have those things and that mindset that you then start to put yourself us and them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that again, that, that's that's a mindset, isn't it? If you start to look down at people, then when someone does something that you just think, why is it? That is a, it's a very disrespectful thing, even. Which is what I'm saying. So it goes back to that thing about respect again. So if you just see everyone as equal, and I treat everyone the way I want it to be treated, then no one will ever be disrespectful to me because I, I'm always super polite. Or that, you know, we well then going back to the start, aren't we? Where we are should be equal. That it's all about respect. That you know, we're not different at all. We don't, we, yes, we have traditions. Yes, we have cultures. Yes, we have different ideas and opinions as is life, you know, but that doesn't mean to say that we're different. That doesn't mean to say that we're better than anybody. It doesn't mean to say that we're worse than anybody. Um, I mean, I've seen a couple of you sort of taking some notes down there. Is there anything you want to, to add to any of that? Uh, not really. Yeah, <laughs> Should we embrace it or should we use it? Just forget about that. Should we embrace it and use it as a space for change? We should use it to change. Mm-hmm. We want to forget yeah. about the mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should use it all as a learning curve. Like we shouldn't just forget about it because, yeah, it's in, it's in the past, but it's what we need to learn from new things. Like what you said about that individual. Yeah. Uh, it's- uh, realizing these cultures and helping them. Like, without how I work off right at the start, you put these up. Yeah. So, we need to realize the past, realize what's happened, and use it to influence the future. Yeah. Yeah, use it to influence the future and to make sure that we learn from it. And even though we might not do it ourselves, as long as we can change that mindset, like you were saying, and it can encourage other people to change the mindset, and all together we can finally come to the um, generation that is equal and that we don't have to fight for basic rights and you don't have to fight for basic rights and it should all just happen naturally. Rather than saying when we should be empowering each other. Yeah, because yeah, we don't want a bad thing to happen, we wouldn't want anything like that to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in case that does happen again, we can say that we've already started to make a change and that we don't have to wait for something like that to happen. Like, we don't have to wait for someone to die. So they're broadcasting into the media. That's it. I mean, guys, honestly, if I could give you a high five right now, I, I, I yeah, certainly... me too. You know, uh, that young lady that's that's sitting on on as I look at the screen, um, that was speaking. Like you, you need to go into politics, young lady, because like, and and and, I, and do you know what? As well, I, please forgive me if I got this wrong, but you looked a little bit nervous when you first started. You don't need to be nervous. You've got so much to say, and. We need, I just need to empower you to say, do you know what? You have a voice. Keep going because I need you. Like, I so need you to keep on going because that's exactly what it is. I'm not blaming anyone anyone in this room for what happened to Stephen in 1993. All I'm asking is, can we learn from it? Can we ensure that no other, because there's things I've got to tell my 10-year-old son 
but I never want anyone to have to tell their own family member about anything. Yeah. Like, he's missed out on so much that he will never know about as well because of six people's actions. So please, as I said, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm coming, Mr. Henderson. Like I said, I'm, I'm definitely coming. Don't worry, man. I've got you, man. Absolutely. Yeah, this thing. I'm coming. They, 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 made, they made some interesting points there. It's about, yes, things have happened in the past, but it's about how we then move forward tomorrow. Yes, they've happened and we can't change it. We can't rewind. You know, if you, I'm sure you, you'd go back to 1993, you'd go back to that bus stop, you'd, you'd tell them not to. We, we can, you know, and it's about going forward, like you said, learning from that mistake. And that sort of leads us on to, so the point that I want to make now about the whole point of this podcast, you know, and I've kind of stolen the title off you, Stuart, of silence is not an option. Okay. And massive kudos to sort of, sort of all of you guys there that silence is not an option that we have to stand up. You know, we may not have been oppressed individually. We may not have been oppressed as a group, but we have to be able to stand up and challenge. And as you said at the beginning, we've got to be able to challenge people and change people's perceptions, have a look at these traditions, have a look at these cultures, accept them, appreciate that we are different, but also just learn from them and look at how we work together and that inclusivity, you know, and, and just becoming more diverse, you know, and, and from the silence is not an option, Stuart. What is it that you want to yeah. get out of that book? What is the sort of the overall message? Yeah, so it's empowerment. It's empowerment because, you know, there's a, there's a couple of people along the way that really just showed me. And again, it goes back to that strong and steady thing. Nelson Mandela, for me, is one of the most important person in my life because when I read the book, Long Walk to Freedom, and I realized the sacrifice, yeah. the dedication, the, 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 just the humbleness of this person to do for others. He lost 27 years of his life. Could you imagine being in lockdown for 27 years? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's insane, but he wasn't angry. He wasn't bitter. He, he, he just was the man of absolute, yeah. And, and that's what I try to do. I try to say, because I use one of his quotes, which is education is the most powerful weapon in the world that you can use to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's empowering yourselves. Education is about learning. It's about developing. And I say to my, one of my best friends, I sent this the other day, I'm just trying to be a better version of myself today, yes, tomorrow, than I was today. That's it. Because whatever I've done yesterday, I can't change. I can make sure the next new day, that if I get one, because again, that's not promised to me, if I get another day, then I'm going to make sure that whatever mistakes I made yesterday, sure not making them today. You know, if I can push myself and work a bit harder, I'm push myself and work a bit harder. If I can change one more person on my journey, change one more person on my journey. In the hope that as well, though, because this message has to be disseminated. You now are all in charge of passing that message on to just one person and empower them to do the same. I don't know if you've all seen the film about passing it on and how, you know, a drop of a pebble in, the, in, in a pond is a wave in the ocean. It's a tsunami somewhere else. Do you see what I'm saying? It just starts from somewhere. It's like it ripple effect, from it? Just sort of... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's what I believe. And that's, and that's what I tried to do through the book was just to... I, as I said, I'm, my background's teaching. I used to love year sevens. I love it. Like, you've just come from an environment where you was the big, big cheese. You were the top dogs. You got so much. And all of a sudden, 
someone's hit reset on you. And that's a hard pot, small pot and people to swallow sometimes. But do you know what? You're on that next journey to greatness. Like that, this next push now will take you on to adulthood. And that's an amazing journey to go on. And it's just if I can give you a few pointers, just if I can just push you in the right field to help you, then I'm, then I'm doing things. I'm doing things. And that's why I did the book. Absolutely. So is it, is it more of a, like an autobiographical type thing or is it just sort of life stories? No, it? no. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's um, I don't know if I can. If you, if, can you give me permission to share? I can show you some pages, I think, off my screen. Um, let me see. Cause I, I can, yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a motivational book. It's a book about themes and issues you have in your life where you can... Um, there you go. Let me see. Um, where is it? Let's go desktop. Ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I was uh, talking to someone. So th this is the cover. I can show you this, and then I can show you some bits inside. Uh, I don't know what uh, that, uh, the book. Yeah, I've seen it yeah. on social media. Yeah. I, I, and after today, I'll, I'll drop some more pages on there as well. I'll try and see if I can find some pages. Yeah, because it's on, it's what it was. in my Amazon book at Stuart. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, you're getting to see some inside stuff, guys, as well. This is how I live my life. Um, this is real life journalism, this. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's sort of what I've got there. Um, I don't think I've got any pages I can, I can share. But yeah, so what it is, is, as I said, I just want people to, to be able to read it and understand that no man is an island no one's an island no one does this by themselves like i don't do this by myself i've got a team of people that help me and i'm always thankful for the people that enable me to come to you today and to give the best version of myself but i'm in that fact as well i'm always saying to them do you know what guys thank you i appreciate everything that you do you do this here because i can't do that like and, and for me that's what it is if i can just get everyone to understand that we are all hoping to get to that mountain top of greatness we are you know, why else would we want to try and do for? Why would you be second best for? Like, yeah, why would you, we are all trying to, but in going to that that top, don't don't step on people. There's no need to be disrespectful, but, but bring people with you. Um, and as I said, it, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to do with it. You know, as I said, the back there said all of us are unique. We are, and it's, it's, that to be celebrated because we're all the same. Then that'd be proper boring as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, we, we, we were talking about um, sort of earlier on in the week about if we look back at sort of the LGBTQ community and look at how quick their sort of rights have um, just been accepted and then people are more tolerant about sort of um, people getting married or people adopting. And we were just looking at what, what are they or what have they done that's so successful that sort of people of sort of people who are black, people who have suffered at racism, and we were just thinking about what sort of things we could do to make sure that, you know, things like pride, you know, do we do we have something that we do in assembly once a week or we cover once a week in tutorial or once a month in in um, sort of just schools or sort of like a YouTube clip or a sort of seminar or webinar yeah. or whatever it is. And we were just looking at, and we, we, we couldn't really put our finger on what, what perhaps they have got and what they have done for the advancement of their rights and acceptance in such a relatively short period of time i know it's been sort of a number of years but yeah I, I definitely would say for me it again it's numbers we are only three percent black people in this country are three percent that's it 
So when you look at that now, BME, that bracket, which I, I hate, is, is 15% of the total nation. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. When you start to look at things in numbers and percentages, you then start to realize that, wow, do you know what? Yeah, you're fighting against the tide a little bit. So for me, there's a couple of things they could do. And we're going to circle back to a few things. So for me, the other day when the government said you're going to get 10 years if you break COVID rules, yeah. why, why could you not then say the same thing? If you discriminate someone in the nine protected characteristics, yeah. you also will get 10 years. Yeah. That's the game changer that we need. And for me now, they've shot themselves in their foot now because they didn't need to say that. And, and actually, that's not law, what they've got, that whole statement. That's a bit of propaganda that, you know, they said they could do and they might do. Yeah. But if you're willing to go there, because you know how serious it is, but then surely protecting people's lives and people being discriminated is also very serious. So therefore, it's a caveat now. That's yeah. what I'm now coming to ask for. That's I'm it. asking for that the nine protected characteristics carry a jail sentence. Well, that's it, especially because you've got the judicial weighting behind that as well, that, you know, it, that is enforceable, the characteristics are enforceable, um, whereas sort of your COVID restrictions, you know, part of them are, but part of them are just sort of, you should, rather than you must. Yep. Whereas you, if protected characteristics are, you must, you have to, it's no choice. You know, yep. so that's it. It's, and it's, again, it's about getting people's change here to think about, well, it is still an issue, it hasn't gone away, we can't sugarcoat it, we can't just hide it put it in a cupboard and tidy away, that cupboard will eventually break open and it will say, look, we're here again. You haven't yep. dealt with the issue. Okay. It's like if you've got damp in your home, if you don't deal with it, it's going to come back. Yep. You know, and it, yep. and, and it will. And, you know, we've got to, and, you know, when, when I got the email off the guys sort of this week saying that they, because I'm taking no credit for them at all, that, you know, they are doing this off their own back. They are, um, they've asked for some help on it, but I'm certainly not being the person that said they have to do this or it's not a project that we have to do. And I'm sort of very proud of them for, for standing up for themselves and, and, and saying that. Um, and the fact that they want to do this change and, you know, like they've said there, and as you said, silence is not an option that it is our generation. It is their generation. You know, I, I, I don't like putting myself in a different generation to younger people. Could be <laughs> but, you know, it is, you know, everyone's, um, it, is, it is everyone's fight. It's, it's not sort of, so if you're black, it's up there fight. It's it, you know it it has to start now and it has to start today because yeah. we wait till tomorrow because even if we just have one this conversation changes somebody's opinion this conversation brings it to the conversation table again and it's not someone that hasn't died to have this conversation someone hasn't been sort of racially abused for this um, and we were we were talking about talking about racial abuse earlier and um, we were saying about Marcus Rashford about how how well he's advocating. Um, the yep. right to racial um, equality and sort of, and we wondered from your personal experience, because he has just said, I've been racially abused on Twitter again. I'm not giving you any airtime. I'm not sharing it. I'm not going to tell you what I said. I'm proud to be black. Full stop. That's it. Is, do you reckon that's the, the better way to do it where we're not giving them sort of any exposure to it? Or do you, would you sort of challenge yeah. them? And... I, I, for me, again, it depends on my mood. Now, you know, uh, I, David Osselega is, is a really good friend of mine, the historian guy, and he, he, he sees it as verbal jousting mm. and, and a way to entertain himself in the breakups of his day. So, you know, when he's having a bit of downtime, he will go on Twitter and, and, and sort of have a look at his comments and 
throw a few punches back every now and again and, and challenge a few people, which he finds as entertaining sport. Um, and he said to me to sort of like just maybe to see it and look at it in the same sort of way. Like don't don't get sucked into it and, and buy into it too much because you'll just spend the whole of your life just deflecting. And and like there's so many people out there on on social. Stephen Lawrence is a drug dealer. I know he was a drug dealer. He gave me like all this BS. You know, I know he's part of a game. Like all these sort of rhetoric sort of things. You know what about Chris Donald? Which is, and then it's like comparing. And I was like, how can you compare the loss of life from? one person's case to another person's case, how much exposure they, like, but for me, as I said, I, I, I'm really interested in the people behind me in age. That's who is my, my main audience. Anyone ahead of me, like, if I, if I can change you, you can have a call. If I can't, then yeah, do you know what? My son's 10. It's what I leave behind me because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm, I'm quite sort of like revelant in that fact, but I do know while I'm here, I have to try and make a difference. I have to make a change for others that I leave behind to make sure the environment that they brought up all up to. No one needs to question anyone about who they are, what they stand for, just on site. Like that, that shouldn't be allowed. And yeah, you know, we, we were saying, um, Evie, about, um, you know, if coronavirus was like the plague where you had boils and sort of, people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to protect myself against that now because it's dangerous, you know, the fact that it's invisible, but skin color is not invisible. You, you can see it, yet we still don't have that sort of perceptive light of we're all the same. You know, it's, you're black, you're white. You're the, so what, you know, we're all, we're, all, we're all human. We all breathe. We all have oxygen as our main source of sort of staying alive. So, you know, what's a, what's a matter, you know, because you're a black person, doesn't mean say you need more oxygen. No, you need more sort of, sort of held breathing as to me it's just you know we all breathe the same air we all bleed the same color and you know when I do about racism I, I saw sort of the sort of blood transfusions um sort of poster of here are six yeah he, he, here are six uh, packets of blood one of them's black five of them white if you want to be racist choose the ones that that's not black you can't you know and then when you put it so obvious like that of people discriminate you know, and, you know, there's the LGBTQ version of skeletons of this person's straight, this person's trans, this person's, you know, choose the one where it's the normal way of working. And, and you can't because we're, we all have the same sort of sort of bones in our body. We all have the same sort of skeletal muscles and whatever else, you know. Yes, we're taller. Yes, we're shorter. Well, some of us got less hair than others. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all... The world would be such a boring place if we all were just little robots that all look the same, behave the same, surely. Come on now, like, is it is it not just better to have a little bit of variety and a little bit of difference, you know? Well, that's it. Oh. I mean, we, we, we were thinking, like, what is the difference between someone who's white, someone who's black, to someone who's got blonde hair and someone's got black hair? You know? Oh, he's back. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And um, the young lady, oh, what was her name? The lady in America. She that's the experiment she did with her with her students, where she divided the class up into blue eyes. Oh, it's doing brown eyes. Thing. Yeah, and then right she discriminated against the blue eyes and treated the brown eyes to get people better. And it, like it took six weeks or something for them to start saying, "Why are you treating the guys over there different?" I hate like, but that's that's exactly what racism is. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's literally that those fine little details. You're saying just because you're that. 
you go over there, and just because you're that, you go over there. But you're so, right, it's, it's, we, we are all bleeding the same blood, like it is. That goes back to the same point that, that the, the pupils made there, that, you know, it's, it's about change, and it's about sort of, we... It's that learned behavior. Again, same thing that we spoke about last time, that it's our parents, it's our grandparents, it's society, it's the traditions, it's the estates, it's the sort of where you live, where you brought up, how you brought up, that allow us to then have the behavior. And then some people, because it's everything that they've always done, then don't see why it's wrong. It's the way that yeah. we've always done things here. I was having a conversation with, um, with Ron about, I'm right-handed, he's left-handed, but it's like saying, well, now we're going to change, now I'm going to write left-handed. Well, no, because it's easier to do this way, I've always done it that way. You know, so it's it's hard. I mean, guys, have you got any sort of closing remarks or any sort of questions you want to ask Stuart whilst we've got his time? Akash, yes. Akash, okay. If the media's helping spread the word on did you spread misinformation as well? Good question. So um, that was that was what it was. So yeah, after Stephen was first murdered, the, the news reports was gang member, uh, young black boy, gang member from South East London uh, was was murdered. And then after we met Nelson Mandela, that's when it changed. It changed to young, expiring architect who had his whole life ahead of him was murdered in South East London. It, and it was just that small tweak that they made the government then take more notice, which they made. You know, two weeks later, the police then got, um, the boys got arrested by the police. It, it just, it was a crescendo of things. So the media has got a massive part to play. And again, that's what I said to you in the beginning part, which is fear. If, if we buy into it too much, it can disseminate fear. And we have to always question the sources where we get that information from, and then and that's why the BBC is supposed to be one of the best ones because it's supposed to be balanced. It's supposed to show both sides of the argument and say, you make a decision. That's what it's supposed to do. Okay. But even they may be a little bit biased. So I'm just saying, just check the information source you're getting things from and question it. Like, why? What about the other people? Because the stories that we hear and we are told, especially in history, are of the victor. It's never of the victims. Or they're oppressed. Yeah. It's never that yeah. way around. So it, now we are realising that, that, you know what, hold on. So if William the Conqueror was, what about the people that he was conquering? How did they feel? Did they want to be conquered? How, like they, it, when you start doing things like that, you then start to understand that sometimes what has gone before, like we said already, wasn't the best way of doing things, you know. And now we're going to change it to make sure we don't do it again. And if it does happen again, we know how best to serve to make sure we stop, put a stop to it. And someone else then says, you know what, you, you can't do that. No, absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head there that, you know, it's about looking at other people's views as well. And it's it's hard because, you know, we're doing about the media currently in citizenship and we're, we're looking at sort of the, the harm or the, the uh, ethics of the media and whether or not things can be like a cast of their mistress or malinformation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that initial concept, like, initial thought that first publication of sort of Stephen's death changes people and going, oh, well, we're not interested in that because he was a criminal or he's a drug dealer or he's, he's this or that. You know, he probably deserved it. He did, you know, he's probably caught off on yeah. that. You know, it, okay. and that's it, isn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's about justification. The reason why the police was really incompetent is because I mean, he deserved it. He was in that environment. But again, it comes down to small things because it happened the other day with the media, with the Man City players. 
the two Man City players. So the black Man City player who never played a game and who spends all this money compared to Phil Foden, who was at the same age and, and they're doing the same sort of things, buying a house with his mum. Like, so it, again, we just have to unpack it. We just need to be careful sometimes that people's viewpoints could be slightly warped or slanted to one particular side. And yeah, again, we just have to do that whole thing of asking that, so what if and why? You know, just, just question it. Asking questions are good things, guys. You should always ask questions. I never afraid to ask questions as well if you don't know and understand things because nine times out of ten, someone else in the room is also going, do you know what? And thinking the same thing. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, we, we were looking at the idea of perhaps, you know, currently we're talking about political literacy and media literacy and looking at all the terms there, but we were looking at maybe starting a programme that looked at racial literacy and sort of getting sort of the ideas and sort of just dealing with them head on. I'm saying, right, this is what it is. We're not afraid. As you say, ask the questions. You know, there, this is a forum here where we are not going to back down. You ask the questions, we'll give you the answers, you know, or we'll at least attempt to give you the answers. We might not have the yeah, specific answers, but we would, we'll answer the questions as best as we can. Um, so, yeah, they, they, I mean, like I said, they, they're going to drive this. They're, they're on about creating resources um, and they're on about sort of making a mass PowerPoint for, for all of this. So it's there on record so that if we ever did have an issue, we can say, look, we're dealing with it straight away. And this is what we want to, to get on, that we want to make sure that change happens now. Definitely. No. And they're leaving a legacy, aren't they? Because you guys in this room are all, always going to be inside. So your viewpoint and your thinking, the start of all of this, needs to be laid as foundation so that other things can come on and go, wow, like, this is what they thought. Okay, why did they think? Oh, right, so this is what we've got to do now. And then move it on as a movement. As I said, a move, keep moving it on. Because this thing is ever-evolving. You know, it's not going to, like we hate to say from the beginning, it's not going to be done today or tomorrow, but it can be done in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time. Definitely we can make massive headways into this, like I said, and help everyone along the way to be better understanding that, you know, the things that we did beforehand wasn't always the best things to do. Well, that's it. I mean, we, we said we're going to start off in school and we're going to conquer the rest of the trust schools and we're going to branch out and conquer England and conquer... There you go. And, and, and that's it. I'm we're right with you guys, man. I'm right with you, seriously. Like, and I, that, I that can't wait for this thing over. Well, that's it, you know, and as I said, you know, as soon as this is over, I, I'm inviting you straight up so we can do this properly in person. And it, it, it's about making sure, like you say, and that word legacy of... Yes, you only here for sort of another six months or so for year 11, but you will start that process off for the next generation to have that conversation, to deal with the issues. And what's more important is that you are dealing with the issues before we have a problem. And that's, unfortunately, the right... In the past, it hasn't been that way because we've had to wait for a problem and then fix it. Yeah. Whereas you are fixing it without the problem, which is where we need to be, which is everyone deals with it now before we have an issue... You know, it's like saying that before the storm hits, I'm already prepared. I've already got my planks of wood. I've already got the fence up. I've already, like, and it's there. So you don't wait for it to tear a hole in your house because yeah. then the damage is done. Okay, so... 100%. A big part of it is to keep the conversation going and to keep having the conversations with parents and family members to make them change their minds and make them educate them and stuff. And it's not an aggressive conversation. It's, it's a gentle drip feed. It's, it's a Japanese water torture, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm afraid to say, as young people, you know, there, there is that sort of like, I know, and I, my own structure in my household, I've had to say to Theo, like, we cannot be there. 
you know, you cannot be challenging me all the time about things because there are some things I know more about than you do. So until you get to the age where it is there, and that probably happens around, depending on sort of how your parents are and who you are, maybe 16, 18, 21, that's sort of the age groups where you can then start to have a bit more of an understanding. But there's still a level of respect, like with me, my mum. But at the moment, because he's a bit younger than me, it has to be a little bit imbalanced. So yeah. if I'm telling him something, I'm saying to you, don't do this or do that, I'm doing it from a place of love. But if he questions me, I'm not going to say to him, oh, don't you question me. I'm willing to listen. But if I still think what you said to me doesn't make no sense, and I still believe what I believe, then cool, listen, we go with what I said. Like, so what I definitely would say is adults at the moment, it's a drip effect. And again, it's that gentle unpeeling of the onion. You know, why do you think that? Okay, cool. You might need to ask one why one day, leave it resonate for two weeks and then come back and say, oh, do you know what? Do you know that thing you said to me the other day? And you said to me, da, 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 da. why did you think that? And unpack number two then and give it another two weeks. You see what I'm saying? Because sometimes people, especially when you get old, I said this to someone else the other day, uh, which is I'm now 40-ish, I am. And I've, I've started to get a little bit impatient about things, especially when I'm driving. And I can say to myself the other day, I question this. Why do I have the right to assume that everyone is, A, as good a driver as I am, because I'm a brilliant driver, but B, why should, I, why should everyone bend to my will and not, like, because I'm older? Hell no, hell no, like, come on now. So when I start to unpack myself and pull myself back from things, I start to realise that, do you know what? Yeah, do you know, oh yeah, I've, I've still got lots to learn. I've still got lots to learn. No, that's it. And, and we've got to understand that it is a process of learning. And, you know, if we can change people's mindsets, if we can just, like I say, back to the start again, and we'll keep re-emphasizing the point of, if we can just change one person and start that off, you know, it's that, it's that catalyst, isn't it? You just need the right person to change. And then that person, you know, is a future leader. It is the prime minister. It is sort of world leaders. It is the United Nations. It is just that one person that can change and make a difference. Um, but like I say, I know that we've, we've gone past an hour. Um, so what I would suggest is, have we got any closing questions or remarks or anything from you guys before we wrap up? Akash? What's the short-term change? What will that lead to in time? Is that short-term change? Yeah. So what... Oh, sorry, I didn't hear that, sorry. What do you think we need to change in the short term within, within what we could do in school? All right, cool. Yeah, but that, that's, that's it, isn't it? That one short-term thing is make sure that you are disseminating. This is what we've done today, what we've talked about. You just need to go and talk to some, like your friends about it. Yeah. And then make sure that maybe someone in the younger age group if you know someone in a younger age group, like year nine or, or, year, or year eight, talk to them about it. Just, oh, you know, we just did a brilliant piece of podcast, Mr. H, you know, like, you should go and listen to it. Yeah. That's it. That's all we need to do, guys. It's, it's, it's because once we a ripple effect, so if you, it will start to spread. Like I said, you are putting down the foundations now and challenge them. Say to them, like, are, are you guys going to, well, when I'm not here no more, when I've gone to year 11, are you guys going to continue on in year 10? There must be people in year 10s again that you can challenge. In year 9s that you can challenge to say, I've started this process because I know it's going to help you guys by the time you get to my age. Are you willing to take it on? 
It's a big responsibility, but I know you can do it. Yeah. Conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Someone said something there. Elliot said we need to be the driving force to create change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the things that I want is um, in the education, like in the school system, as um, we said before, the only two main, main black figures that we learn about is Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And then in citizenship, we learn more about like, the issues like Black Lives Matter and stuff. And with it being Black History Month in America now, I feel like we definitely should learn more about it in history and in the curriculum. And that's the only way people are going to change, learning it day in and um, every single day while we're actually learning about this because we always learn about white history, so why don't we learn about black history too? Let's get the teachers to teach about the past. English history as well, black English history about... Yeah, and, and, and I was just going to sort of step onto that, Stuart, that... Why are we even in class in white history, black history? Just history. If it's important and it's happened, deal with it. It doesn't matter if it's white. It doesn't matter if it's black. It's just happened. If it's something relevant that my pupils need to know, I will teach them. I don't care if it's about sort of, uh, sort of straight or whether it's gay or whether it's homosexual or whether it's equal rights or discriminate. If it's important, I will teach them. I'm not, you know, it, it's there for a reason and it's not a ticky box. Yeah. And then we can say it's not a ticky box exercise because it's, this is important, full stop. That's it. There's yeah. no why. It's just important, you know. And this has happened, and this is the message that person A, person B, whoever has shown or done or acted or you know whatever. So it's, it's, it's yeah. It's 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 again again that language of choice, right? Isn't it about we learn yeah. things that are relevant regardless of age, regardless of skin color, regardless of religion. It's like saying, well, we only talk about people who are Muslim. Well, why? Because we've got to talk about people who are Hindu and Christian and yeah, everything else. Awesome. Yeah, that's why I think we should be thankful for the media. Like, although it can be bad in some cases, where it can spread false information, it can also be good for us to express our feelings and to... Like, it gives us opportunities like this yeah. to point our opinions. Yeah, we live in an age where we can say more than we ever have been up to and hear more opinions. Yeah. yeah. It's not just the rich or the women. The women, everyone gets to have their say. Yeah. I think it's government through the media to get a change. Yeah, exactly. It's our time to take responsibility to I mean, yeah. uh, you, two, you lot were having a conversation then, you were looking at each other, and I was looking at Stuart looking at myself, and we just like nodding nooks, and we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to get something. I'm, 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 that's exactly the same, because it, it's, it's, it's fine. The future is fine. We just need you all just to keep that conversation going. Like, it, it is. It was almost so, like we were watching a future UN meeting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But, you know, change starts now and, you know, the emphasis of, you know, your book title again and sort of the title of the podcast, that silence is not an option. And I'll put a cheeky plug there. It's available in April, I think, is it, Stuart? Yeah, it is April. But you can pre-order now, guys. Is there yeah. any sort of likes and shares of my page would be appreciated. I'm trying to go across to America. 
that's my big aim at the moment because um, that's where the biggest audience is. And then sort of like they've been talking about going to Australia but, as well. But at, at the moment, that they, we, yeah, if you could, I'd really appreciate it because um, I, I do believe it will start to, again, that conversation, it will help people to have started those conversations as well. Um, and then let's, let's see how far we can get people to change and, and make the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and if we leave the world a better place than we arrived in, you know, that, that is... We're doing things, Mr. H. We're definitely doing things. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. But I'm sure, like, on, on behalf of, of those, you know, thank you so much again for your time, Stuart. Oh. Um, I know you're a very busy guy at the moment. <laughs> no worries, guys. Listen, as I said, uh, Mr. H is a powerful guy, man. Seriously, he's got connections in high places. He really does. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can't wait to come and see you in person. And even if I'm not, you're not there when when we get over all of this, if you want to come back and come say hi, I really would appreciate that because, yeah. as I said, it, it, for me, you are you are doing good stuff. Just know that. I just want to empower you and just say keep on going. That's it. Yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna make a change definitely. Absolutely. Just before you go, Stuart, like I said, thank you again yeah. for, for joining us. Oh, um, and just one yeah. subtle thing: can you make me the host again so I don't yeah. lose my meeting? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I, I did this the other day. Uh, where Thank did you. We go? The participants, Mr. H. Make host. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much. Like I said, th right. thank you for giving us your time, Stuart. And I'm sure no we've, we've got something more concrete in paper or in sort of virtual form. I'm more than happy sort of disseminate to yourself so you can spread the word of the good work that they're doing. Um, yeah, please do, guys. And so, and as I said, if, if I don't, have you started? They started a, a, a Twitter or, some, or something, a social media, because that's no, okay, that... what you need to, maybe to do. Maybe is, is off, like say to your school, like we want to, we want to have a social media presence, and and start yeah. start that. And, and again, that's, that's, that's school, yeah, control. Like year, year groups have each individual Instagram account, so it could be like a student leadership team account. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely, and you know what? And you drive then, that. Then post. what you're doing is showing other schools as well what the benchmark is. If, if, this is how we this is how we make change, guys. This is what we're doing. What are you guys doing? And and, and throwing it out there. And 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 wouldn't that be great to have a, a cross platform discussion with another school about this? Imagine yeah. a different country about this as well. Mm. Because like like someone just said, you all are super powerful. You all are your own news teams. You, you know, you've got your mobile, if you've got a smartphone, you can broadcast live across the world. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. Like you have that platform, and whatever. And again, you've got you know, words are powerful. So whatever viewpoint that you have, you're throwing it out there. Like know that there, there will be someone to throw something back, and hopefully that if you're throwing positive stuff, then people throw positive stuff back at you. So Absolutely. yeah, definitely. Absolutely, but there's there's lots of food for thought, and you know we'll definitely be back in touch again, Stuart. When get hundred percent, even before this is all over, you know, just have a, another catch up and just see what yep. what progress we can make, and we'll keep the conversation going from our end, and we'll sort of challenge, and we'll sort of adapt, and we'll make sure that this is something that we, you know, the people's are very very passionate about this, um, and you know I, I I commend them wholeheartedly. I'm very very proud yeah, of me them. Too. Um, me too. Yeah, like I said, thank thank you for joining us today, Stuart. Um, no worries. And I'll be in touch shortly. Cool. Thank you, Stuart. Good to e-meet everyone. Like I said, I hopefully see you in person soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No worries. See you later, guys. Yeah. Have a great day and a great weekend. Bye. Okay. <laughs>